Hesedim is a series of reflection, usually reflecting on an issue in the society in the light of the words of scripture. You're welcome to join us each time and to send your questions or comments by way of a voice note. Look forward to hearing you and speaking with you. I put my hand on precious metals in Zambia for the first time this week. I got my hand on some diamond gems from the DRC and on chunks of copper stones from near the Concola copper mine, KCM, in Chingola, Zambia. Four second year students from UCZU asked to take me on a field trip to visit the KCM in Chingola on Friday afternoon. At 2 p.m., we set out on the 30-minute drive and our first stop at what it was at what is called Nihihi Chetekera, which is Bemba for a place of faith. It is a place at one of the entrances to the mine where hundreds of people gather every morning in the hope that they can get a job in the KCM mine. They come early dressed for work, sporting their resumes and copies of their certificates in the hope that they will get lucky on that day. The KCM will be taking on new casual workers. Sometimes it happens, 10, maybe 20, and on a day, even 40 new persons are randomly selected, just like that. If KCM employs that day, their faith has paid off. And if not, they come again the next day. The story of arrogance and contempt by KCM for ordinary Zambians and the way it treats the people of Chingola was to get worse as the day's journey progressed. There is no sign of social investment by KCM in the community from which so much wealth is extracted. My four friends were excellent hosts. They were Jeffrey Chiwala, the driver and former employee of KCM Smelter. Since then became a policeman, now a theology student and trainee minister. Then Samuel Shimwanza, Fabiana Muchanga and Abraham Chanza. They had a Bob Marley album playing in the back of the Toyota Corolla motor car. Everything from By the Rivers of Babylon to Buffalo Soldiers. They also played Eric Donaldson's Cherio Cherio Baby. And this is the land of my birth. They had obviously prepared well for me. We looked at the smelter, complete with explanations of how it works, and viewed the conveyor belts taking rocks with copper into the plant. The garbage with heaps of plastic bottles is strewn on the verges, uncollected. Solid waste management is not a strong suit of Zambian townships. The dusty streets strewn full of community members dot the hillside. The houses are dilapidated. But by comparison, the paved tarmac is well organized when it appears. We headed in a direction that we could get a closer look at the open pits 
the characteristic signs of copper mining. The KCM compound inclusive is about five kilometers in diameter from the first point to the end of the open pits. The open pits, the open pit is about two kilometers in length and about 500 meters wide as the crow flies with a depth of, I would say, about 300 feet. It is a monstrous and savage sign of human beings' lack of stewardship of the physical environment and the most palpable evidence of the crime being committed against the Zambian people by the extractive industry called copper mining. The industri extractive industry in general is always injurious to the physical environment. This is the case with bauxite industry in, Mont in Jamaica or diamond and gold mining in the DRC or in South Africa. I believe that copper mining in Zambia is the worst of it. Through this industry, large swaths of land are confined to a single purpose and a single use and after it, that is unreusable. Huge chasms are left in the ground. Water resources are squandered forever. There is no animal life, hardly any vegetation. No one lives there and there is no farming. We continue from the main open pit now in use to an abandoned open pit. It is by comparison with the main open pit at the wharf, yet a not insubstantial holocaust of misery inflicted upon the Zambian people by those who care neither for the people nor the land. There is one kilometer in length and half a kilometer in width, 300 feet in depth with a lake being continuously filled with water that could quench the thirst of the land and the people of the entire city of Chingola. It is enticing and enthralling. And someone left a note written in pen on the ground there that if you can throw a stone and it reaches the water, you get 95 kwacha. They did not stay around to make the payment. But we soon discovered that the distances are deceptive because one cannot get a stone to fall into the lake from there. We drove to the other side. By this time, we noticed both heaps of copper stone and young boys digging for copper malachite. These boys are the only access the Zambian people get to directly access the 108 million tons of copper reserve beneath the ground in the copper belt not to mention cobalt and iron oxide. They call these men smugglers. The copper industry since 1932 has mined and exported 6 million tons of copper. They call themselves Mapani, which is the name of a highly resilient Zambian tree. Some say never die. The copper industry intends to be there forever, as the name suggests. They are absolutely unaccountable and arrogant with little regard for the Zambian people. They do not respond to inquiry or correspondences. 
they chuck it in your face. There is in Chingola at the ages of the mining company a Watts and a Beverly Hills, like California. There is the hillside dotted with shanty overlooking the man-made chasm. And there is an Oppenheimer Street beside the golf course and the hospital for minors, which is different and of a higher standard physical layout and otherwise than the public hospitals. is a kind of like an apartheid town, socially stratified, in which the owners and managers of the mine are at the very apex and others down the totem pole. It is what it is. There is no vegetable garden except one near the police station in Jingola. There is a bustling market. When we visited the abandoned open pit, we went to the other side and picked up copper stones simply strewn on the hillside while we listened to water from the rock flowing into the lake 300 feet below. My friends tell me if the government forces the, cop, the, the miners to leave, they beg and plead to return. They claim they are not making money, but they don't want to leave. So the questions raised in my mind are as follows. The psalmist announces with grandeur, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those that dwell therein, because God founded it upon the waters and established it upon the seas. And the psalmist asks, who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? This is a theme which is part of Israel's testimony about Yahweh in the Old Testament. Yahweh is the God who performs great wonders. And the physical creation is one of the works of Yahweh's hand. The 24th Psalm is a psalm setting the basis and foundation for worship. It begins with creation as gift and stewardship. The earth is on loan to human beings. It is not here for Euro-Americans to plunder, mishandle, and mismanage so that nothing is left for generations yet unborn. One does not see animals in Zambia unless one visits a game reserve. Some of the most majestic creatures and most beautiful animals are in Africa. They have been removed from the woodlands and forests. This land is denuded of its animals. It is a God-blessed land with precious metals beneath the surface of the earth. But the fertility of the soil is second to none. It can feed itself and the world. But those with capital and with technology have mangled the land and robbed the people of their future. The Euro-Americans have pillaged and plundered for 500 years. They control a narrative which self-righteously rehearses the misfeasance of other people when they, Euro-Americans, are the real villains in the peace. It is time in the name of God and history that we engage in consciousness raising where the people of Zambia are concerned. The church needs to be recruited to the task. In the name of God, they cannot simply scar the earth without our complaining. It is not a tree-hugging task that we are calling to be performed. It is about viability, and sustainability of Mother Earth and the human life she sustains. Zambia only exports copper. 
it does not even manufacture a copper pipe. There is a residue of copper mining, which it seems to me, if added to bitumen, could be used to surface the bumpy roads that abound in Zambia. One factory converts a sulfur dioxide emission from the factory to sulfuric acid, and as by that ended 80 years of impairing the, view, the breathing of the people of Mufalira. More needs to be done about emissions. More needs to be done in the name of reinvestment in the community. More needs to be done to create one Zambia for the sake of its people. Tax returns and employment are not all that the people need from their natural resources. They need to live and flourish. And as the shepherd from Tekoa has said, justice must roll down like water and righteousness like an ever-ending stream. In his time, Amos forbade convocations and conventions of religion in favor of the pursuit of righteousness and justice. He said, away with the noise of your songs. Justice, it seemed to him, was the better form of worship. This is where the issues are. You cannot do development that has your people lining up day in, day out in front of the factory, hoping for the luck of the draw as the ways to find employment. The place of faith is for me the place of horror, where the dignity of people is being trampled upon while big capitalists feed them bones through their window, thrown through their windows. It is time for us, all of us, who have suffered through the Middle Passage and 500 years of cattle slavery and the misrule of colonization to rise up and demand more. We must make it our business. In the early 1990s, the world met in the summit of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, and hammered out an agreement that the two lungs of the earth were the Amazon and the Congo rainforest. And for the sake of the future of the human family, the world should pay incentives to both countries, Brazil and the Congo, not to reap the timber from their rainforest so that Mother Earth could continue to breathe. The treaty has held since then until a villain in the peace named Bolsonaro became the president of Brazil, denying COVID and destroying the rainforest of the Amazon. It seems to me, before we reap the whirlwind from the 21 million tons of soil being extracted and exported from Zambia through the copper mining each year, we should call a halt to it. There must be a better way. It cannot be right to continuously impoverish a people in order to export their wealth to others. It must stop in the name of God. This is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong seem on so strong, God is the ruler yet. As Samora Michel once said, Alutha continua. The struggle continues. Amen. <laughs>